0: But now we'll move on to the final topic of today's episode, which is Ukraine aid, Ukraine aid, because I come across some uh, interesting numbers, interesting numbers, and we'll get into it. So last week, well, really a few days ago, when I was about to go shit posting on Twitter about how uh, our, how useless our allies are, and I am uh, making a increasingly more dedicated effort to be more active on Twitter, or I suppose I should call it X. I'm trying to be more active on X because X is where the conversation is. Uh, before, while I was about to do that uh, and talk about how worthless and useless our allies allies are, uh, I went about trying to find some useful infographics that would convey my point in a single image rather than just relying on my words. I was gonna, of course I was gonna say something, but I was gonna, it, it's best to have an image that conveys what you're saying on top of what you're saying. Uh, so I came across this article from the council of foreign relations because i was looking for ukraine aid by country and i did find one uh from statista and we'll get into the numbers from statista towards the end of this but i thought this article was very informative even if not entirely accurate Uh, and the accuracy will be revealed immediately once we get into it but yeah excuse me yeah uh and before we get into this article from the council of foreign relations uh like others they fundamentally do not understand geopolitics which is very ironic but that's just the era we live in but we're not here to endorse their ideas we're here because the article was an absolute treasure trove of info about the amount of aid we've given to ukraine even with the numbers as not accurate as they were the, the, the number of total aid that we've given being inaccurate. So let's get into it. Uh, and right off the bat, it starts by vastly understating the total aid we've given to Ukraine. Because they put the number. And So keep this in mind when we're going over all the numbers uh, that we get from this article. They asked, they put the total number of U.S. aid to Ukraine at $75 billion. Oh, 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 how we wish that is literally less than a third of how much we've actually ended up giving them. Uh, but we'll get into the article now because the article breaks it down by equipment type, which again is just very, very useful for me grabbing info for you, uh, to put this segment together. So we have infantry equipment and I'll just move my mic around a little bit. Yeah. Infantry equipment. We have given them 10,000 javelin anti-armor systems. And, oh, don't you remember in how in the beginning of the war, everyone was talking about the javelins and the stingers. Now, we're, we're going to give them this, and the, the Russians won't know what to do when they face this modern, high-tech, advanced, Western equipment. Oh. <laughs> Notice how the whole superior quality Western equipment argument has just fallen off the face of the cliff. The, no one even bothers bring it up. Why? Because the Russians aren't an inferior fighting force. I don't know why people went into this on the assumption that the Western-made equipment was just automatically better when people routinely compared the T-90 to the Abrams. Routinely. And it's like, okay, well, you have two comparable tanks, except one of them is lighter, and one of them is easier to produce and has a lower price tag. And all of those fell into the the category of the T90, which the Russians are still making, and they outproduce all of Europe in tank production, and they outproduce us as well. They outproduce all of us in tanks in tank production, modern tank production. They're talking T90s specifically, and then they have the tens of thousands of out, more outdated uh, vehicles that they use for their rear and reserve units but the frontline units have the modern equipment. <clears throat> and we've sent all this aid, and now the the whole superior, higher quality Western equipment thing is just falling off the face of the earth. Just, just, just a side note, just a side note, because looking at the, the the whole Javelin thing, just made me think about that, and how I was inundated with the Javelin this and the Javelin that and the Stinger this and the Stinger that, and here we are. The, the war's still going on. And no one talks about these weapons anymore. It's all about how we need to give Ukraine fighter jets and more tanks. Hmm. Very interesting how that goes. But nevertheless, the article states that for infantry equipment, because it breaks it down by type, infantry equipment, we've given them 10,000 Javelin anti-armor systems, 70,000 other anti-armor systems and munitions. We've given them 1,700 Stinger anti-aircraft systems, 4,000 TOW missiles, 35,000 grenade launchers, and small arms, so guns, uh, basic guns, pistols, rifles, you name it, with ammunition. It doesn't specify the amount of ammunition, but we can assume millions and millions of rounds, tens of millions of rounds. If, If we blown through 4 million artillery shells that we've given them, then undoubtedly we, we've blown through at least five to 10 times as many small round, ra- small arms ammunition. So, uh, 40,000 rounds of small arms, uh, is a reasonable estimate. Probably. Uh, uh, well, we'll say 20,000. Cause that's five times. We, we gave them a hundred thousand sets of body armor and helmets, uh, and then thousands of night vision devices. So lots of standard infantry stuff. We've given them enough stuff to arm whole divisions with everything they need from anti air to anti tank capabilities. We get we that over the course of the, the what the year and a half. because this article actually came out about a month ago. Uh, so it's that's also why I decided to bring it up, because it's very recent and it was very convenient for me. So all this in a year and a half. And mind you, it's going off the really, really low-balled estimate that we've only given them $75 billion in aid. So all that we gave them, and that's just infantry equipment. For artillery, it says we've given them 160. And this is going to be get a little confusing because i'm going to say the number of the artillery and then it's going to go into the millimeters so like the width of the barrel so sort of bear with me here we've given them 160 units and i think that's all i'll say it. we're giving them 160 units of 155 millimeter howitzers and ammunition and if you'll remember we ran out of 155 millimeter shells <laughs> I don't even know how many that is, but apparently it's all of them. (laughs) Apparently it's all of them. Oh my goodness. So that's a problem. We've got 160 uh, units of 155 millimeter howitzers that we no longer have the ammunition to supply them with. That's great because that's the highest number on here. Uh, we've given them 72 units of 105mm howitzers, along with the ammunition. Uh, and it doesn't specify the ammunition for any of these, so we just have to go off of prior knowledge for some of the things we have. We've given them 47 units of 120mm of one hundred twenty mortar systems, so now it goes from artillery to mortar. Uh, we've given them 10 units of 82mm mortar systems, 67 units of 81mm mortar systems, 58 units of 60mm Millimeter mortar systems, uh, and then we've given them 203 millimeter, 152 millimeter, 130 millimeter, 122 millimeter, and 120 millimeter oh, and 25 millimeter ammunition for uh artillery and mortar systems that the Ukrainians already had. We've given them the ammunition for those, even though we haven't necessarily supplied artillery with those specimens for them, and then we've given them 38 high Mars systems, 60,000 122 millimeter grad rockets systems. Oh no, grad rockets. And oh, this is talking about the the rockets. okay. So we've given them 38 high Mars systems. And then on top of that we've given them 60,000 rockets, 122 millimeter grad rockets, precision guided rockets, then we've given them rocket launchers and ammunition, all within, I presume, the 122 millimeter uh, specification. Uh, obviously, excluding the HIMARS system, because those are bigger rockets. That's a lot. That's a lot of artillery, but not enough. Obviously, not enough to keep up with 40,000 shells a day coming out of the Russians. And even then, we ran out of 155 mm by millimeter artillery. We've run out of 155 millimeter shells, which is why we're giving them clusters now. Then it goes to tanks, tanks and armored personnel carriers, where we've given them 150, and this is, look, this is where it gets spicy, right? This is where it gets spicy. So, uh, we've given them 154 Bradley infantry fighting vehicles four Bradley fire support, uh, support team vehicles, 31 Abrams tanks. And there, there was a big deal about, oh, we're going to give them modern Western tanks and the, the Russians won't know how we need to give them these, the the challenger twos and the, the leopard twos and the Abrams. And remember all that talk about tanks and how we were going to, it was going to save the day uh, around this time last year when the talk began and then, uh, early Last year, we started seeing tank shipments actually go out. And now, look, they don't have anything. They've lost hundreds of tanks in that counteroffensive. So, keep in mind that when we go over these numbers 154 Bradley infantry fighting vehicles, four Bradley fire support team vehicles, 31 Abrams tanks, 45 T 72B tanks. So, 45 units of the T 72 via the Czech Republic and, uh, cause the former Soviet bloc states, the Warsaw Pact, they would have former Soviet equipment to give the Ukrainians. So those T-72s came from the Czech Republic, all 45 of them. We gave them 125 striker armored personnel carriers. We gave them 300 units of the M-113 armored personnel carrier. We gave them 250 units of the m uh, 1117 armored security vehicles. Uh, uh, and then that's sort of the end for the tanks and armored, uh, personnel carriers. Cause for whatever reason, then it breaks it up into ground support vehicles. So I'm just going to count the ground support with the tanks and armored vehicles. Cause they're, they're the same. As far as I'm concerned, we've given them 2000 Humvees, 354 tactical vehicles, 100 light tactical vehicles, 68 trucks, 124 trailers, 10 command posts, uh, 10 command post vehicles, excuse me, 30 ammunition support vehicles, 6 armored utility trucks, 8 logistics support truck vehicles, 89 heavy fuel tankers, 105 fuel tankers, and that's the that's the end of the armored vehicles and tanks. 2000 home, these is crazy. And hundreds and hundreds of armored personnel carriers. And we know that hundreds and hundreds of armored vehicles have been destroyed. And considering that the bulk of this comes from us and we'll we'll cover that as well concerned that the bulk of the military aid has come from the United States, the bulk of those losses of armored vehicles and tanks that we, well, not necessarily tanks, but the bulk of the armored vehicles lost during the counteroffensive that we were talking about when the offensive first began back in June. Most of those came from us and we'll get into the discrepancy in just a little bit. All that. And we're still not done because now we get into the air defense. The air defense, we given them one Patriot air defense battery. And oh, I started going going through this list as like a, a trip down memory lane because there was so much hype around so many of these uh, these items. I remember all the hype around we've given them a, the Patriot air defense battery. We've only given them one. We've only given them one. I remember the Germans gave two of their latest, uh, their newest air defense platforms. They gave it to Ukraine before they even put it in their own military to them. We've given them one Patriot air defense battery, along with the ammunition for it. We've given them eight uh, NA SAM missiles. Then we've given them 20 Avenger air defense systems. We've given them the Hawk air defense systems and munitions. We've given them RIM-7 missiles. We've given them anti-aircraft guns. We've given them uh, nine anti-drone gun trucks. We've given them 10 anti-drone laser-guided rocket systems. We've given them air-to-ground missiles, uh, which would include high-speed anti-radiation missiles. The HARMS is what the acronym is. We've given them precision aerial munitions, 6,000 Zuni aircraft rockets, which technically can function as air defenses as well, but it's really aimed for air-to-ground missiles. we give them 7,000 Hydra 70 aircraft rockets. All this equipment. All this equipment. And mind you, this is the underestimate. This is the underestimate because we've actually given Ukraine over $200 billion. And this article runs with the assumption that we've only given them $70 billion. So all that is only accounting for $75 billion. That's us. That's us. And those numbers will be corroborated by the the Statista article because the Statista also only says that we've given 70 70 billion, not even the 75. So uh, the numbers go together conveniently for me, even though they're both wrong. But for the sake of argument, it works for me. All that aid for us. And that only represents less than a third of the total we've given which by now is hovering around 230 billion they keep finding these accounting errors oh we we just found three more billion dollars we can give to Ukraine oh we just found six billion dollars we can give to Ukraine oh we can never find six billion dollars for Maui which uh, Joe Rogan had run the math on the the amount of money it would take to rebuild all the homes in uh, Lahaina and it's five billion five billion dollars to rebuild all of Lahaina. And where do they send the five billion? To Ukraine. So the people living in Hawaii have more than a right to be pissed that instead of rebuilding everyone's house, you're gonna give $5 billion to the Ukrainians and then you're gonna steal the land on top of that. All this aid we've given them, and that's only counting for a third of the money we've given them. Keep that in mind, because when we, we get to these other numbers, Oh my goodness 230 billion is what the real total is Uh, just about it keeps going up Uh, it's hard to keep up with uh, especially since they don't report all of it Uh, like they're still pretending that we're only at 70 billion right now even though if you just go off the money that that was given in those two big packages from congress it was 80 billion because we give them 45 billion at first and then we give them another 40 billion so even at the bare minimum, we're looking at eighty-five billion. So how they end up with seventy billion here and seventy-five billion on the uh, this article from Council for Relations? How they end up with ten billion less than the two big packages we get? I don't know. I really couldn't tell you. Uh, the cope, I suppose, and deliberate deceit, but. That's the real the real number is somewhere around 230 billion. But even only accounting for 75 billion. Compare that to the rest of the West. And, ooh, the West, and it's it's not shocking. It's not shocking when you do the comparison. But it hits different to see the hard numbers broken down by country. And for this comparison, we have the Statista article that I brought up, which is going over the bilateral aid given to Ukraine. So on this list by, by Statista, it estimates that the amount of aid we go to Ukraine is actually 70 billion instead of the 75, which the article from the Council for Relations puts it at. So it's, it's lowballing even further a number which is already less than a third of the actual total. So keep that in mind. Cuz it breaks it down by country and by type. So, the United States has given 24 billion in financial aid to Ukraine, 3 billion in humanitarian aid to Ukraine, and 42 billion in military aid. That's how it breaks down the 70 billion that we've given to Ukraine. That it says we given to Ukraine, the 70 billion that it says we given to Ukraine. The EU, the next runner up, At a grand total of 35 billion. Grand total. Half of the the lowest lowball, which is 70 billion that we have. The EU is at half of what we've given in total. And the way that breaks down, out of that 35 billion, 27 billion is financial aid, 2 billion is humanitarian, and 5 billion is military aid. Five billion in military aid. The UK, the next up on the list, has given three almost four billion in financial aid, two hundred and seventy billion in humanitarian, and then six point five billion in military aid. So the UK has technically given more in military aid than the EU. Wait, hold on, six point five eight billion for the EU. Oh, it's about even. So the EU and the United Kingdom combined have both given six and a half billion in military aid. And then the next runner-up after that is Germany who's given 7.5 billion in military aid. So all together, that's about what? 13 billion seven and then you have 20 billion. 20 billion in military aid between the EU, the United Kingdom and then Germany by itself. 20 billion in military aid compared to 42 billion in military aid according to this statistic which only puts the US total at 70 billion. So not only have we damn near outpaced all of them in financial aid with the EU beating us by 3 billion and only 3 billion. But we have completely outpaced everyone in military aid. We've given 42 billion, and the next three combined are 20 billion. Everybody else after that, irrelevant. Japan has given uh, 30 billion not even billion that's not billion 30 million excuse me in military aid canada has given one and a half billion in military aid poland has given three billion in military aid the netherlands two billion norway one billion denmark one and a half billion i think you get the message i think you get the point we give $42 billion, and the rest of the West gives 20 billion at their best. There's no comparison here. There's no comparison here. They can't compete with the lowball. All of their aid combined doesn't even match the low ball of what we've been given and mind you this this statistic article puts the total number of us aid at 70 billion when the real total is around 203 i mean 230 billion so less than a third all of our allies can't compete with less than a third of what we've given because it has all of nato on the list and there's the rest of these guys because it's measured in billions the the bars are measured in billions the rest of these guys once you get past like sweden well in australia they don't even register on the list you can't even see the little notch it doesn't even appear as a notch because they haven't even meeting the one billion mark there's nothing there's nothing here Maybe all of NATO combined could potentially maybe match the, the the 70 billion that this article is saying that we've given, which we have, except we that's less than a third of the total. We've given 230 billion. So if you factor that in, if you say that all of NATO combined has matched us, that would put the total aid their total military aid at somewhere between 40 to 50 million, 40 to 50 billion, 40 to 50 billion compared to us giving 230 billion. And if a third of that is financial aid, like it is on this graph, then that means our financial aid would be equal to all of their aid combined. And then we'd, double on top of that all of their aid combined in terms of just military aid i am not endorsing what we're giving to ukraine but my goodness where's the help like let's pretend that giving all this aid and all this money to ukraine really was an imperative for the united states to do and it really was in our interest to be doing this and in the interest of nato as a whole to be doing this where is the help where are our allies? Where's, where's the help? Where's the assistance? Where, where's the shoulder we can lean on when we need? Where is everyone? These people are nowhere to be found. The EU is worthless. The UK is worthless. And they're at the top of the fucking list. And they can't compete with a, a, a less than a third of what we've given? Less than a third is what w- they're competing with. And they're not even competitive. These are our, Belarus is a better ally to the Russians than all of NATO is to us. They helped put down Wagner's rebellion. Lukashenko did that. What are these guys doing for us? It's they're worthless. They're wor- the numbers speak for themselves. Like, Oh, my goodness. Again, it, it hits different because you're not surprised. I, I know we're not surprised that NATO is just a, a worthless institution, but the numbers hit differently than to just just knowing like, oh, yeah, yeah, NATO, it's only the United States. We already know that it's just us. It hits different to see the numbers and to see exactly how useless these alliances are it it hits differently it really does it, our esteemed allies are worthless and i i just increasingly i can't find it in myself to understand why people would want us to be stuck with these people especially for the the indefinite period of time which is implied by the the general sentiment that america must stand by its allies why <laughs> Why? It's a known fact that NATO doesn't honor its defense spending agreements, which, mind you, are only 2% of GDP. 2% of GDP. And it's literally, it's literally us, Greece, occasionally the UK, and very, very, very recently, did Poland, Croatia, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia make the list that's it and even then they only just barely crossed the line they're only just barely above two percent Poland's at three now but where's Germany what, what what happened to all that talk of Germany's putting a hundred billion dollars into their military budget they the German superpower is about to reawaken. do you you remember that remember when Germany put aside a hundred billion dollars for the rearming of Germany Where, where'd that go They're still not at 2%. Now, if you check the list now, they're still not at 2%. These people are worthless. These people are useless. I I, I don't mean that as a, oh, they don't deserve to live, they're worthless as people. No, I mean that in terms of allies, they are useless. We have no use for allies like this. I... And people want us to stick in this this thing. People want us to stand by our allies. Why? Like, you have more sentiment against NATO than you do uh, against, say, the other allies like Israel, South Korea, Taiwan. But it's not like they're more useful as allies than NATO is. I just, I don't get it. It's literally just us. And as as far as I'm concerned, if it's going to be just us, then we may as well act like it instead of pretending that we have all these allies who are just really pitching in and doing their part for the greater good. They're not doing a damn thing. And they live in Europe. They live in Europe and they can't compete with less than a third of what we've given. That's insane to me. That is absolutely wild is what it is. Like, the numbers really do hit differently. To see it on a screen and then to compare the sizes for nerfed US figures and then to see, you nerf the US figures by more than three times instead of putting it at the 230 odd billion that it's actually, at. you say it's it's only 70 billion and then the rest of your allies still can't compete. It's insane. It's insane, especially with, again, the context that if if the numbers were represented properly, the rest, the EU wouldn't even register. The EU, which is half of a third of what we've given. (coughs) Oh, brother. These, I don't get it. Why do you want to be in an alliance with these people? Why do you want to be in an alliance with these people? What do we get out of this? Because they have more interest in in Ukraine than we do. Okay. Like, even if we pretend that we had interest in Ukraine, which is what we're going to assume here, because we don't. But if we assume that we do, you know, they would... No matter how you would like to slice it, they would have more of a vested interest in what happened in Ukraine and what goes on in Ukraine than we do. That's just the way it is. Because they live in Europe. They will live with Russia, and they will live with the enlarged Russian state after the war. What happens in Ukraine matters to them. And even if it did matter to us, which it doesn't, It will always matter to them more because they live in Europe and this is this is the best they have to offer Not even able to compete with a third of what we've given They're not sending their best They are not sending their best But these are our allies these are people we're supposed to be stuck to We're supposed to be stuck with the West because China, Russia. I'm not trying to be stuck with these people. They're going to drag me down. They're already dragging me down. I don't need this and I don't want this. NATO does not need to exist. And if it's going to exist, then it should exist without the United States. I cannot wait for Trump in his glorious second term to get us out of this alliance. Cause my goodness, these people are unworthy of having us as an ally. And that's just real. That's just real. Like the numbers speak for themselves. The numbers are in the results are in it's time to go. It is time to go. But with that, my lovely listeners, <coughs> damn, I'm still sick. But with that, my lovely listeners, that's all I got for you today. I do hope you've enjoyed today's uh, serious broadcast on my, my lovely geopolitical podcast. We have traitors in our government. We know that. But I feel like, I don't know. Because it's the assumption that they'll always get away with it. But I don't think they're gonna get away with it. It's it's just this sort of gut feeling I have. Now I could be just so blatantly wrong. I, cause I'm, look, I've been wrong before. But I don't know. It's just this feeling in my gut that won't go away. That I don't think they're gonna get away with it this time. I think that they think they'll get away with it. And I think that it is precisely because they think that they think they'll get away with it that they won't get away with it. They'll get sloppy just like they did with 2016 and let Trump in the door. And now with Trump promising to come back and tear them a new air hole, well, eventually that's going to lead to uncovering the JFK assassination, 9-11, all the crimes these people have committed. If he's really going to go all in on cleaning house and purging the deep state, that's inevitably going to result in exposing 9-11. And what happened to 9-11? I think we are in for some good times in the future. And it'll be nice to have the closure. And even nicer to have the full story. But we'll have to wait for that. Good things often take time. But like I said, uh, that's all I've got for you today on my geopolitical podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed. Uh, da, 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 da. Am I messing up my ent- my ex- <laughs> my exits? I've lost who I am. Uh, look, the world is changing, folks. All right, the world is changing. It's changing fast, and my golly, it's changed so much since 9-11 uh especially with the security state here. But no matter how the world changes, and no matter what happens with those changes, we will have fun watching it together. Now, I've been your host, Ashon Wade. And you've been listening to This Week in Geopolitics. And so until we meet again next time, on next Monday, servus. This segment was taken from my podcast, This Week in Geopolitics. I have new episodes every Monday, so if you like what you heard, consider giving me a follow. Thanks for listening, and hopefully I'll see you next time. Servus.